Thank you for listening to Caleb versus Self. Today I get a chance to speak with Jesse the Hassel Diaz, amateur MMA and Muay Thai fighter, as well as podcaster out of Los Banos, California. We cover how he decided to make the jump to pursue his passion of fighting and podcasting. He talks a lot about his path, especially in fighting with coach Amber Pope, and how people like John Herney really inspired and motivated him. You can find him on his podcast, on Instagram, and on YouTube at Hassle of Hair. Again, a fantastic conversation. Had a ton of fun with this. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy as well. So, Jesse, first and foremost, I appreciate you hopping on. Um, right now, I'm talking to Jesse the Hassle DS. Uh, you can find him on Instagram, YouTube, as well as his podcast, uh, The Hassle of Hair. Yes. So, you know, first and foremost, I'm going to start with. Why the hassle of hair? That's a common question um, <laughs> because we're an inspiration podcast. My my nickname is the hassle, and my dream is to become a pro fighter one day. I'm amateur right now, and my wife's dream is to be uh, open up her own mobile salon. So she wants to open up a salon, and my nickname's the hassle, so we call it the hassle of hair. I like it. I like it. And the one thing that I really appreciate um, a lot about a lot of your content that you've been doing is uh, you and your wife, Kel, the the way you guys interact about your relationship and how open you guys are uh, is really interesting. Do you feel like by doing those with her, um, have you learned a lot more about you and her as far as your relationship and about each other? Yeah, um, we've always been really open with each other, but I think because of the podcast, our communication has gotten way better, way, way better. Uh, it's just, it, you have to, to be able to do a podcast, you have to keep on talking and be open at the same time. So we're really open. And there's some things uh, that I didn't know about my wife until uh, podcasting. Well, I know on one of the podcasts you guys did not too long ago, she had talked a little bit about her not being comfortable on camera and not not minding doing the podcast with you and I think at one point she said like I just don't I just don't want to fight about it let's I'm just gonna do it <laughs> yeah. it, did that ever come back up like after you're done recording do you have that conversation again like yo what? Oh, good? <laughs> we we have that conversation of we 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 don't fight about it but we bicker about it and because my my thing is I want to do everything I can to promote our story right and <laughs> She is she is the most I'm an open book and she's a closed book when we first started doing this. It took her everything just to do the audio side. And now that we're on video and we're I think 20 episodes on video are somewhere around that. Um she's getting more comfortable but she still doesn't like the video side. No, okay. <laughs> but it, it it sorry, um it the reason why I want to to show her on video and her story, it's because she has an incredible story that's worth showing and telling. And I feel like a lot of women could relate with her. Yeah, I definitely could see that. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of what you're trying to do with the podcast is really be able to tell stories. That's really the goal here, right? Yes, and when you're telling those stories, what's interesting to me is watching, you know, on the video side, at least watching you reacting to different things and and being able to kind of um, do a little bit of self-reflecting, which which is really cool. And, and the one thing I'll point out, like 
it was with uh, Tony Hernandez, you know, when you were talking about um, coaching and training, right? And he's talking about how that's impacted him. And I, I can see it with you. Like you take a minute and you're like, yeah, wow, that's done a lot for me too. Would you mind expanding a little bit more as far as like coaching and training in, uh, I think it's, it's Muay Thai and, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? That you're coaching in? Yes. I Well, I coach the MMA uh, class at Strike Fitness. And I also, co- I'm an assistant coach there for Muay Thai. And it's a Muay Thai-based gym. And I recently started coaching this year. I was, uh, I've been training for, I believe, eight to nine years now. And it's with, I've been training in everything. So, um, but I really fell in love with Muay Thai. And Muay Thai is the first martial art that I started coaching. And it, it just, not only did it help me with my, my training and my skill set, it helped me figure out people. Because when you're when you're doing one on ones with people, you 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 start to get into their mental health. You start to get into their um, their psyche. Because if you want to push somebody, you have to to break them down, right? You they break mm-hmm. down and then you build them back up. That's that's what my coach did with me. I first came to her and she broke me down. She she I thought I was a fighter and she. She's literally said, okay, we'll see if you're a fighter and just broke me down with training and finding me sparring partners. And, and then when I broke down, she built me back up. That's fascinating. Just because from the perspective of, of what you do on your podcast as well, it's, it's very similar, right? So do you apply like some of those coaching techniques that you learned from your coach into obviously coaching, but into your podcast as well, like breaking people down, getting them to kind of open up a little bit? It's, it's, it's crazy that you say that. <laughs> um, I, one thing I realized when I first started doing the podcast and a lot of my guests were my friends and I, I, I noticed when they would come in, they were uncomfortable and I, I, they've been to my house. They, 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 uh, they, vi- they visited my house before they hung out with me. I didn't think they were going to be uncomfortable. They're my friends. And right. I started taking, I started really thinking about it and diving into it that when you're interviewing somebody, they have to feel comfortable. So something as simple as, as having the water and drinks ready for them, instead of having to go get it and go to your refrigerator. Well, my, my, my uh, studio is in my house, but go to the refrigerator, go to the refrigerator, go get, get them stuff that wasn't prepared. If you have everything prepared for them, they will feel so comfortable. And, and then that's when you start, they start breaking down and that's when they start opening up. And you're, you're right. You made me realize that I did bring the coaching to podcasting and thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, pro- I mean, it's something that, again, I, I listened to a lot of the, the Tony, the tiny Hernandez there. Hopefully I said yeah. that right. Right. Yeah. When you guys were talking about his military experience and then getting into MMA and coaching, like you really see kind of that transition with you, like your, your body language, even like you're kind of opening up and kind of understanding things as you go along, which, which brings me to my next question, right. With this whole podcast deal, um, you, you quit your job, you're pursuing your dream, you're going after it. At this point in the game, what do you feel like are kind of like the lowlights and the highlights of going through this whole, right, building that podcast audience and grinding through all these things? I think we'll start off with the, the I guess, the lows, right? Sure. <laughs> um, 
the 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 hardest part about this is is learning <laughs> when i first started this i i had the area where i wanted to start my studio and it was in my living room mm-hmm. and if you go back to if you actually look at my instagram it was there was nothing we just had a white table and i told my wife i go i go i really want to start a podcast and she just looked at me like I was crazy. Everybody, my sister and my sister-in-law live with us inside my house, or mm-hmm. our house. And and they all looked at me like I was crazy. Like, how are you going to do that? And and then I slowly, surely, I, I so slowly just built up everything. I learned how to do audio. I figured out uh, what I needed, uh, how to get guests on, Um and when I first started doing audio, I didn't know anything about it. It was so hard. I was staying up until like, uh, like not even sleeping. There was a point, and I think in in May where I just wasn't sleeping. I looked crazy because I I really wanted to figure this all out. And and I'm finally finally getting to the point where I'm I'm comfortable with everything now, and I want to just build up my guests. And yeah. I think learning was the hard. Sorry, I, I think I went off track. Track, but no, I, think, I think learning everything was the hardest part, and and knowing that that the people around you just think you're crazy. Like they they don't they don't see your vision. They finding finance making people see your vision is probably the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent correct about that. <laughs> uh, like dead nuts right on the nail <laughs> what i found interesting too is that when you were talking about your your studio like how you're trying to build it piece things together you were talking to your wife cal at one point when one your podcast and you were like i just want things perfect now like i just want to <laughs> get it done i just want it to be where i want it to be how have you like been able to temper those expectations as you've gone through this process because i'm sure right going through the struggles of figuring out audio getting the backdrop getting the umbrella lights finally getting all the things that you want like you've had to be pretty patient so how do you kind of temper those expectations um i don't temper them (laughs) i i I, uh it's my wife my wife really she goes through it with me because i'm always asking her is this good enough is this good enough am i doing enough is it uh is it working do you think it sounds good and it and there's times where she just tells me look you just need to relax and just be confident. Be confident that it's going to work. So my mind has always – there's a reason why I quit my job when I was 28 and I went after fighting, for amateur fighting, not even pro fighting. It's just I'm I'm crazy. I admit that. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy, <laughs> right? I, I get addicted to things really fast. If I love them, I, I, I want to go all in on them. And, yeah. and I think with, with everybody – with their passions when when you're when you're going after them you want them for people to say man you that that's an awesome uh that's an awesome project that's an you're doing great in your passion and i don't want it to fail you know mm-hmm. well it's yeah i like how and, and when i first started diving into the podcast and watching your content really getting a sense of like who you are what i found interesting and what i felt like was from the earlier podcast to where you are now obviously quitting your job and making that transition and everybody telling you like, bro, maybe you're a little crazy for doing this. What I appreciate the fact is that it seems like you're just, you're so comfortable with who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. What is it that you feel like sparks that or, or sparked, I should say that thought of like, 
you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to grind as hard as I can because this is what I love to do. Um, it, it's, I, uh, when I was 15, my, my mom, I see my mom die in a, a car accident and it, that right there, when you see death in front of you, it, it, uh, it changes your mindset throughout your whole, I was 15 and it changes your mindset throughout your whole entire life. And I did have some bumps and, uh, uh, bumps in the, the journey that I was in when I was in my twenties, I'm 30 now, but when I was in my early twenties, there were times where I was going away from my passions, going away from my dreams. But there in the back of my head, it was always, you could die at any, any moment. My mom was 39. She was at the, the, she was finally, she was honestly finally getting into finding her dream. And that was working with autistic kids and, and being a special ed teacher. And, and I, I honestly, I didn't even realize that, that dreams connected with my mom until I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> um, sure. But it, it just, it, in the back of your head, after you see death like that, in the back of your head throughout the rest of your life, you're always telling yourself, you could die at any second and life does, will not stop if you die. So right. make, make it worthwhile. Like you could, you, I've seen people come, cause we live in Los Banos, California. That's about mm-hmm. two hours, I mean, about an hour and a half from a big city called San Jose. And there, it's a commuter town. You see people their whole entire life, um, commute an hour and a half to work an hour and a half back, uh, not even an hour and a half back from work because of traffic, it's like three hours. So they're spending their whole entire life working every Monday through Friday is 12, 14 hour days of, of just working and then going home, getting something to eat, going to bed, waking up early again, and then going back to work. And I've seen people do that for years and nothing came out of it, right? Nothing. And they just, they, they just withered away and then then they die and nothing it's sad to say and it's it's kind of raw but i i don't want that for my life you know i want is, to i want something fruitful right is that like that headspace you were in when you decided to quit your job was that when you were doing um the the fedex thing yes i was i was working for fedex and I, what i just explained about other people i was doing me and my wife were doing right and it it uh I was super depressed, super depressed. And, and I just knew, cause I had that same feeling in the back of my head. I, I need, I need to do something with my life. I can't, I can't waste it. And, and listening to people's stories, uh, when you're working at FedEx, cause I was working 12 hours uh, a day, uh, not 12 hours a day, but commuting the whole trip was probably like 12 to 14 hours a day from commuting to going to work and then commuting back. And in 12 to 14 hours, you could listen to a lot of podcasts, right? right? A lot of podcasts, a lot of books. And it's, it just, it just, those podcasts kept on telling me those books kept on telling me. Cause I like listening to a lot of coaches books, a lot of um, uh, audio bio, uh, biography books about inspirational people. And a lot of those, those people were just saying you, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. And one day, um, 
actually it didn't happen just like one day uh, I quit my job my we had some difficulties with my daughter dealing with uh because we were constantly gone uh my daughter was dealing with some uh bullying some stuff at school and and she wasn't okay because we were constantly gone so one of us had to quit and I like I had found fighting and that's when I decided to quit my job and and ever since then it's just been uh milestone after milestone it's it's crazy again like I feel like every I feel like I keep saying that it's crazy when I'm talking to you but to think that like (laughs) to think that like okay you looked at this perspective of people driving you know 12 hour 14 hour days driving three hours a day just to go to work and come back they're they're you know this is life for them and you decide no 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 I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go get kicked in the head or punched in the head or get, you know what I mean? Get into fighting. Uh, Most people look at you and be like, bro, you have the mental illness, not us. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like you're 28 years old. What are you doing getting punched in the head? (laughs) Yeah, that that is true. It's hilarious, you know, just to kind of look at that perspective of, of what truly is, you know, sad. Like, is it more sad to pursue your dreams? And and if that dream is to go and fight and potentially – you know what I mean? Get get seriously hurt. If that's a dream, that's a dream. And whatever makes you happy makes you happy. But it sure isn't driving three hours a day, <laughs> working 12, 14 hours, you know, yeah. and that's, it's, there's no way. It's funny because uh, I, I'm after uh, uh, when 2020s hit and in March, there was exactly no fighting because my last fight was in February. Throughout this whole entire year, I'm realizing fighting wasn't my dream i mean it was a passion of mine but it wasn't my dream mm-hmm. right it, it i figured out b- because i've always felt like i wasn't smart enough to do things so that's why i went into fighting but because i went to to pursue fighting and coaching and martial arts i i realized i'm i'm a uh, i still tell myself i'm not that smart but i'm an intelligent person to be doing all these things and that I could do whatever I want. And my before uh, I graduated high school, I always told my grandma at the time I wanted to be a sportscaster. I wanted, <clears throat> sorry, I wanted to be a sports analyst. I wanted to broadcast. I wanted to be a journalist. And I'm finding that love again. And I'm actually going back to school. I'm, I'm pursuing the podcast. I'm really diving into the whole world of communications and that's that's my dream to one day have a big show yeah Yeah, it feels like you're really fully embracing that i think at one point in one of your podcasts you were also talking about like sometimes that you know today now when i wake up i don't know what is jesse gonna do today what am i you know what am i gonna find what am i gonna do like whereas you know a year or two ago you knew what you were doing you were driving you were dropping off packages you were doing that hustle and then you were going to sleep and doing it again the next day hearing that like level of joy when you were talking about that like really like really clicked like okay this guy you know it might not be perfect right you might not get the fights right now because of covid and you know you might the podcast originally like the audio was tough but you grinded through and you it seems like you're really embracing right doing all this and and you're having fun with it which i think is the most important part yeah it's it's really it's really fun and if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be working this hard on it. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about your last fight, at least. At least I think this was your last fight. That was versus Patrick Holden, right? 
Uh, that was my second to last fight. Okay. Yeah. So I couldn't find the other one then because I was it, trying. I found that fight and then the fight you were in, I think it was 2018 with oh, 559 don't, fights. Don't, don't, five, yeah, 559 five, 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 fights. That was an act, actually in a mall. Um, yeah, that fight, uh, I wasn't, I didn't meet my coach. I didn't meet my coach yet. And I had so just. How, so how did you find yourself in the ring in the middle of a mall? without your coach <laughs> so it wasn't <laughs> so i had quit my job and i told myself i just need to find a mma gym so right. i looked up mma and actually it, i have i did not quit my job yet i found an mma gym and i started training at this hole in the wall gym and the people were were nice they were good people but i'm sorry the number one thing uh, about martial artists to tell a martial artist that's starting off find a good gym and the gym I, I went to wasn't a good gym. And they said, hey, like two, three months afterwards, they're like, hey, you want to fight? And that was my whole goal was to fight. So I said, yeah, but I had no skill set. I did jujitsu for years. I was a blue belt. And and it wasn't it wasn't time. It wasn't the time for me to fight. And they threw me into they said there's a fight. There's fights in Hanford, California. Uh, and. They're at a mall, and I'm like, no way. And sure enough, we get there, and it's at a mall in a food court. And the the locker room was McDonald's. And and I won that fight, but if you watch that fight, it was it, it was like it wasn't a fight. It was I was a right. fat dude, and and I went over there, grabbed him, put him on the fence, threw him down, and then he tapped tapped out. I think he gave up because he didn't know ground game, but he said he popped his shoulder. So but yeah. I saw him pointing to that, but when I was watching the fight, at least from the angle, and and obviously, right, this isn't perfect camera, you know, work, but it looked like as soon as you dropped knees on his thighs, he was done. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it looked like to me. And then as soon as you took him down, he was like, okay, I'm in over my head with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. And I don't know that even though I won that fight, I realized I need to, I need to find a good coach and it's. Going full circle, I was listening to a podcast with um, Joe Rogan and Kieran Fitzgibbons and Dreamkiller Bolanos. They're from CSA in Dublin, California, which is not that far from where I live. And and they were talking about Muay Thai. And sure enough, uh, my I come home, my wife says, hey, there's this new gym. I think they're doing Muay Thai. I was listening to that podcast and recently, and she had told me about Muay Thai. So it all connected. I was like, oh, Muay Thai, the podcast with, with uh, Karen Fitzgibbons. I'm going to go check out that gym. Ends up being a woman coach. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. It just my my cheesemo, my macho mans, I guess, that I my, my ego I had before. Sure. And, uh, and then I started uh, training with her, and she was really technical. She was really technical. And... And it was it was a smaller gym that at that time it was called Strike Fitness, still called Strike Fitness, mm-hmm. and and then she she tells me, hey, I'm a, we're going to my old. This is the first week I was there. You're a fighter. Um, if you want to fight, I'm going to my old gym in Dublin. Uh, it's uh, CSA. And I was CSA. Where do I know that from? And it's sure enough, it's Kieran Fitzgibbons and Dreamkiller Bolanos is uh, where they train at. Or Kieran has a gym there. And, and then all of, I go over there, I'm like, holy crap. I was just listening to the podcast with Joe Rogan and there's 
There's Dream Killer Bolanos. There's Kieran Fitzgibbons. There's all these pro fighters. And there's me from Little Los Banos, California. And my coach is all, all right, go. Uh, they start off with running three miles. And we, we, we ran three miles. And then when you get back from those three miles, and, and it's crazy because I get there. And I love fighting. I, I'm, I'm a huge fighting nerd. Uh, most, I don't think most fighters are. Or like when it comes to being a fanboy, I don't think most fighters are fanboys. I'm a fanboy at heart. I love <laughs> a fighting. Right? I will go crazy when I see professional fighters. Sure. So I, I, I get there and they're like, go run three miles. And sure enough, uh, in the front is Josh Emmett. And I don't know if, if you don't know who Josh Emmett is, go look him up. He's a, a UFC fighter. At the time, I think he was ranked third in the world in, uh, in one, 155s. And I was like, holy crap. And I'm out of shape. I'm just a dad at the time. And we go and run three miles. I'm like, and after the three miles, I was done. I was, uh, then they tell us, all right, start jumping rope. I'm like jumping rope. We just worked out, <laughs> and we we jump rope for about 15 minutes, and then after the jumping rope, we started uh, doing partner drills, and that's uh, partner drills are basically when you're doing Muay Thai, it's it's drills set up. It's almost like sparring, but you know what's coming at you, right? Okay. And you're just going back and forth. We did about three four rounds of that, so that's about 15 minutes, and and. Uh, and then, then we finally get to the sparring and I was done. I was cramping up. I was, I was drained. I was drained. I was sweating like crazy. And that's when, um, I started breaking down. I was going with fighters and finally my coach puts me with a guy named John Herney. He's a professional fighter. Um, big guy. And he taught me a lesson that day. I was, I was tired. I was uh, breathing really, really hard. I was ready to give up, but at the same time I was going hard and I was throwing hard. And when you go to, when you do Muay Thai, when you, they don't go hard, they don't throw that. No one tries to knock each other out in the sparring, uh, sparring in sparring in the sparring in the gym. Right. And I was throwing haymakers. I was trying to knock him out because I was tired and I was inexperienced right. and he was just, he was just patting me just patting me to the head, patting me to the stomach, moving around. And he whooped my ass without even hitting me hard. Sorry for cussing, <laughs> you know? And I, I broke down. I almost, I on the verge of tears because I really wanted to fight. I quit my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I quit my right. job and, and, and I'm like, this is not for me. I'm an idiot. And, and, but he, but he really taught me a lesson. If I want to, if I want to do anything, I have to go after it, a hundred percent. That means I need to get my cardio up. I need to get my partner drills up. I need to start working. And that's the one. Th that's when I knew. All right, I'm gonna stay with Coach, Coach Amber. I'm gonna stay with her. And she told. After that, she we were at Chick Fil A. <laughs> uh, she told me, if you really want to fight, this is the way to do it. We're gonna train. We're going to do all the the little uh, sparring events. They're like technical sparring uh, matches. They're not fighting. Sure. And we're going to do all those. And I did a, like 20, 20 matches. And I did all those. And then finally, a year later, I, I fought. And it just, I will always credit John Herney for, for helping me, me out. Not with just with fighting, but with life. And right. if, and 
if you look at my 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 YouTube page, we actually did a, a travel show with him, and he's opening up his own gym now, not uh, that's uh, separate from CSA called the Resistance, and it, it's it's a really cool gym. Go check it out. But he's the reason why I'm changing, like one of the reasons why I'm changing my whole entire life. That that one you're talking about the Resistance there. That's when John Herney was doing like an outdoor event i think he's talking to you and and he's like man every week i thought nobody was going to show up that's that's him that's who you're talking about there right yes yes that that's him and he he that's that's i we did the travel show i want to start doing going to find people going going and finding people's uh stories of just going after it and he only had one pro fight and but he was a world champion uh amateur fighter and he he wasn't the best of fighters like he you're not going to hear his name all over the world sure but he was the most respected and it's different it's different to be respected as a martial artist by other people he was the most respected and and when people needed places when people needed a place to train he made a, a outdoor park uh park sparring outdoors uh, drills right mm-hmm. and he really uh he really found a passion in trying to start his own gym. And he made, he recently just, I didn't know at the time that he was going to do, uh, open up his own gym. It was after the interview when he told me he was going to open it up. And I was like, man, I got a story now. And, right. and, <laughs> and he ended up opening up the resistance, uh, not too long ago. That's really cool. That's I, I and I like the travel show. I know there's only, at least from what two. I've seen, two two episodes. Yes. But you even have a director's cut for the Spanish interview, and and I want to kind of guide this into talking about Los Banos because I feel like, and I could be wrong, a lot of this podcast is really repping hard for Los Banos. Is that <laughs> yeah. where you were born and raised? I mean, that seems like your city, but no, is that where uh, where you set roots? Is that where you've always been? I I grew up in San Jose, uh, okay. East Side San Jose. Uh, not the not the best of areas and i'm 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 learning that as i get older uh you don't realize you live in the ghetto until you're out of the ghetto um, <laughs> right <laughs> and and i moved to los banos when uh me and my wife uh started commuting i mean start uh, got a job at fedex we needed somewhere it, san jose is just too expensive it's crazy expensive yeah. and los banos had cheap rent uh and uh cheap housing and we ended up buying later, but uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, no, it's all good. We're talking about your your transition over to Los Banos. Yeah, Los Banos. When when you're fighting, the city better support you because if you don't have your city's support, then it, it's it's hard, right? Because uh, no one. Gonna... by what do you mean by city support? That's interesting. I've never heard that before. W- what does that mean? Like say you have a fight. If no one's mm-hmm. going, <laughs> then it's it's kind of sucks, you know. Um, oh, I got you. Okay. If no one's supporting you, or uh, and you don't have their support, and you're not you're like with sponsorships, with with especially in a small town, uh, it you got to put butts in seats. Guess yes, what you're that, right. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, and and they. They don't have to like for amateur fighting. You don't have to, but it's always better to have a support, a, a group, a community around you when you're fighting, right? And I'm, I'm, I was one of the only fighters at the time, right? And Los Banos is really small. It's not a, a big fight community out here, and 
what the support that I got from them was amazing. And so it made me love this city. It, it really did. All the people that are here, it, they they went to my fight. Everybody that was at the gym went to my fight, supported me. The kids supported me. The I had three three or four sponsors from from Los Banos that supported me, and it it made me love the city because of fighting. It I fell in love with the city. So when COVID hit, it really it really hurt me because the I yeah. seen people struggling, the small businesses. And a lot of them weren't computer savvy. A lot of them weren't social media savvy. So I'm trying to build this thing where, where to show them you, because before the, the podcast, I was doing strike small business Saturdays. I was just making videos on Instagram, supporting local businesses, go support them. I first started off with the pizza parlor. Then I went to an ice cream spot and the ice cream spot where I went to the ice cream spot, stood in front of there and and just told their story that they opened during quarantine. They didn't know mm-hmm. quarantine was going to happen. They opened during quarantine. And then people heard that. And on Facebook, it just blew up. It just it just kept on getting shared and shared and uh, views and views. I was like, holy crap. Uh, I was like, this is working, you know? Right. But it that's, wasn't. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, the one that I like so far that you've done that I've seen at least is the Mavericks one. The voiceover you did for that, even though I think your wife gave you a hard time about that. <laughs> yeah, he actually helped. He actually, uh, my buddy Gabe. So Gabe is a is is one of the 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 reasons why Los Banos is is able to market online. He's this eighteen year old kid who loves doing camera work, loves directing, and he just got up during during two thousand twenty. He hasn't stopped. Uh, making content for businesses and and artists and anybody that needs it the kid doesn't stop he's one of the most talented kids out there he does all my my um my video stuff for the travel show he does all my good every good picture that i have on my instagram it's because of him and and it's (laughs) just nice to have that right (laughs) yeah he he, uh he's amazing It, it and not only him we have uh music artists that are that are really popping off right now too, uh, our soul and phantom and phantom 100. And they're, we're all this little group in Los Banos. We don't know it, but we're all trying to go after the same thing. My buddy phantom messaged me the other day. He's all, we're just all trying to, we're all, all on a mission. We're trying to succeed. And, and we just got to push when you're, when you're, yeah. when you're, when you're hurting the most, when you're down and think that you can't do it, that's when you need to push. And that's when you see if you really want it. And I feel like I've all, I have this saying, if we grow together, we win together. And, and that's what I want. I don't want to succeed and not, and, and not uh, show support for my community. I want to succeed and bring everybody with me. And that's, that's what really I'm trying cool. to, Yeah. That's really cool. Just through the podcast and through everything that you're doing, um, it seems like you're building a really, really unique and cool network of people there in Los Banos and really just trying to show those stories and, and those businesses and, and really get them to take off. And that's really cool, that that perspective and what you're trying to do. Um, one thing I, I you mentioned, Phantom, and one of the things that was interesting about your conversation with Phantom, at least I believe the last one that you did that I heard, um, you guys had talked about uh, using marijuana. So here I'm in New York. I'm in upstate New York. <laughs> We yeah. don't have legalized marijuana yet. Right? Oh it's, man! I mean, you can you can get it 
uh, if you have a medical card, but even here in New York, like the medical card is, you're not, I mean, it's really hard to get. What I found interesting is you talking to him about how that impacted your perspective of yourself, your relationship, and even your fighting in a lot of ways. So I wanted to ask you, what is it specifically? Because you started later in life compared to most people who use it, right? Like 28, 27, 28, something like that. Yes. So what happened was, well, I smoked a few times before. It was like rare, maybe sure. five times from when I was 14 to I was 20, 28, five times. And and then I got a sponsor who Gate was giving me free marijuana. <laughs> you know? And I wasn't going to use it, but then I was hurting and I didn't want, because it's training, my body was aching and, and bumps and bruises and yeah, I, but I I always tell my wife I don't want to take ibuprofen. I stopped taking ibuprofen when I when I was younger. I just didn't like it, and it's from listening to to podcasts, uh, health podcasts, and 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 especially Joe Rogan uh, talking about how it, it messes you up, and uh, and it, I didn't I didn't want to risk it, you know. Yeah, and well, it's either that or a lot of people just use alcohol, hard liquor, yeah, like, hard liquor. to numb the pain, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I I don't want to do that, and I right. kind of was when I was working full time. I kind of was, and that's when I got the sponsor, and I started smoking. I had a pen; they gave me a pen and edibles, and I it has relaxed me so much. And I'm not a when COVID first hit, I was doing it like crazy. I I just said, you know, what? I'm gonna bunker down, and I'm just gonna smoke weed every night, and it really opened my eyes to things. And it made me comfortable with myself. I can't explain it. It just, I'm a, I'm a very on edge person. I'm always, my mind's constantly going, 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 going. So when I smoke marijuana, it brings me down. It, it stops. Right. It, it relaxes me. But so, on the so sorry. bringing that down, right? Does that give you, does that allow you to slow down and look at yourself like big more time. closely? Big time. And okay. Big time. I don't. The last thing I want is my my daughter to uh, come out of her room at night and she sees me in the the living room high. So I I I only smoke really late at night and uh, right before bed. And it it really uh, it helped me reflect on myself because I'm caught my mind with like you said it helps you reflect on yourself because your mind's constantly going. It it made me it made me realize how much stuff I was holding in how much I wasn't loving my wife, how much I wasn't loving my daughter. I, it, it's, it's crazy. I was high one night and I, I realized, I was like, man, you never, I, look, I was looking at my wife's sleep. This sounds weird, right? I was looking at my <laughs> wife's sleep and I told myself, I was like, you never just hug her and tell her that you love her. Never. And just, and it's just, you're always constantly in motion with all of life's things that you, you forget to stop and just enjoy the moment enjoy that you love your family and uh, I needed that but at the same time I uh, I stopped smoking so much now it's like maybe two times a month because sure. it it it, it kind of clouds it's a good it's a good thing if you need it at the moment to wake up but then after you woken up and you don't need it anymore then it, it kind of clouds your your creativity. If that that's makes interesting sense. for me, it did. I don't know. Okay. That's not for everybody else, but it started. It, it, I wasn't able to work as hard. 
Does that make sense? You because get, like, it's lethargic. Not lethargic, because uh, like I said, my mind's constantly going. I'm able to 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 work really hard. Now, if I smoke marijuana all day, that it I'm a downer. It brings me down, and I I I don't work as hard. Yeah, gotcha. So, so it slows you down a little too much. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. That's not for That's everybody. Interesting. That's just how me. does that impact your your fighting? Like obviously, <clears throat> excuse me. At some point, COVID's going to go away. Yeah. Right. Whether it be the vaccine or, you know, whatever happens, eventually you'll be able to fight again. Yes. Are there are there rules specific? Is it is it to the state to like, how does that work if you're consuming THC and then getting ready for a fight? Can you not do oh, that or how's that if, work? If we're talking amateur fighting. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> amateur, that's the world you're in right now. Yeah. Amateur fighting. I seen a girl who was lit as a mother. <laughs> oh, and, no, for real. Yeah. We were we were, <laughs> we were in the back. And I was I was hitting mitts with my coach, and you could just smell it on her. She was just smiling. Her eyes were low. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap! It was at a Muay Thai fight, and it stunk up the whole because every you have your red corner and your blue corner, and the red corner yeah. goes to one locker room, and the blue corner goes to one locker room. And she was in our locker room, and you could smell it. And and sure enough, it's not the best thing to do because she went out there and. She was getting punched in the face and laughing. <laughs> but I have so, to imagine that slows your reflexes down to such a degree that uh, uh, not. I don't think it slows your reflexes down. I think it, it enhances okay. them. To be honest, really, yeah. It you focus, you focus. Your focus is if you're smoking the right strand, right? Your focus. Oh, is, fair enough. Yeah, your focus is so on point. But it just it if you're trying to work and do take notes and and learn how to podcast it's not the best but if you're trying to fight somebody or if you're trying to stay focused then it's it's good because it it, yeah okay uh i've got two more questions for you i I know you're probably running down on time but i appreciate all the time you've given me so far um one thing that i noticed in some of your videos is you wear some bomb ass t-shirts iron maiden and metallica are those bands you listen to i you, my wife's my wife's gonna laugh if she hears this because <laughs> my, her and my daughter always make fun of me like what are you wearing <laughs> are, are those what, what was the question again sorry are those are, are those bands you listen to oh hell yeah i <laughs> i love that i grew up with with metal i grew up with with uh speed metal i actually love uh psychobilly rockabilly i love all rock i actually love all music but metal rockabilly all those music all those songs like uh genres of music i love and nobody else in my life like that was around me and my family and my friends they didn't listen to that i had to find my friend find people that liked it you know and that's uh, crazy yeah it's just i i I played football i played baseball i a lot of them were were listening to rap and hip-hop and it's funny because uh playing sports i wanted to play sports but i saw all the 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 potheads or the artists or the the people that were into to metal and i would see them after school walking going to hang out going to the liquor store going to to band practice or whatever they're doing with uh, after school and i had to go to football or baseball i didn't deep down inside i didn't want to do that i wanted to go be an artist i wanted to go be be a musician and just do what they're doing and uh i 
I learned that later that I, I I love art. I love music. Well, it seems like in a lot of ways with your with your fighting, you know, learning Muay Thai and, and Jiu Jitsu and, and the studying and coaching that you're doing. I mean, I would argue that Muay or martial arts specifically is an art form. Granted, you use it to defend yourself or to, you know, attack someone. But at the end of the day, it's still an art form. Like you still you still have to have a certain level of awareness of what's going on to really appreciate it as an art form, though. Oh, 100 percent. It's way it's not a it's not a sport. <laughs> it's it's not a sport. It's different. It's it's way different because you could you could have two of the best fighters in the world in the world and they'll have two exactly different like two styles that are way different from each other. Right? And yeah. Like ex- like it's just crazy. It, and they bring their usually like me. I'm a come forward fighter. I like to have my uh, my opponents on the their their heels, mm-hmm. and not like uh, rock 'em sock 'em robots and just not with any technical stuff. But I like coming forward. But you're just that, you're pressing the fight. It looks like right. Yes, and that's my lifestyle, right? My lifestyle is like, don't stop going, don't stop moving. You're going forward no matter what. And it it says a lot about me. And when you see other people fight, it says a lot about them too. You can't get that from baseball. You can't get that from basketball or football. You know, it's, it's, it's a totally different sport. That's a pretty wild perspective. Cause I, cause when you were talking to, to Tony, you guys were talking about like part of the exercise or part of the, you know, I'm probably mispronouncing, but like the dance, if you will, is breaking down your opponent and how they do what they do. And then being able to right match that up to your style to find the way to win. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm at the point in my, my martial arts career, I'm an amateur. I'm not a pro. So I don't, I don't, it's very hard for me to talk about this and be comfortable because I, I, I'm not the, the best fighter. I'm not, I, like I'm a pro, there's better fighters out there than me, but in my my martial arts career, I'm at the point where I'm starting to see things that I didn't see before, and that's with how everything connects. In jujitsu, you want to break their posture, and then in, I thought stand up was all about just throwing punches like crazy and kicks like crazy, no technical. But I'm learning, and since I've been with coach, that you you break someone's posture down. You break their 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 guard down. You break their foot, feet work down. You break their posture down, and that's when you start uh, connecting. That's when you start uh, beating them, right? And mm-hmm. it, it's it's such a, once you start seeing things at a different level. Once you start seeing things that you couldn't see before, that look so easy when you're watching a fight. The the armchair quarterback they call it when they they're telling them hit them or or I could do that or I could do better. It's no, you can't. Once you start seeing those things, it's so fun. It's so fun to to do martial arts and know that there's these little games inside the fight world. That's again, that's wild to me. Like I, I would imagine now, like with the knowledge that you're learning at this point, you could probably watch somebody do a fight and I could be sitting right next to you and I could give my opinion, which is probably going to be like, Hey, you should have punched more or something to that effect. Whereas you, you might be like, Hey, you know, the thing that I noticed about, I don't know, the clinch, I don't know, I'm making stuff up now, but I feel like that's where you're heading as far as having those conversations and understanding the nuance of what's happening in fights. 
Oh, 100%. And that's from coaching. It's not even from training. It's from coaching. It's from breaking down things. It's from from doing something I do constantly when I'm sparring or fighting and then breaking it down, showing somebody how to do it, and then you're able to see it better. And luckily, what I'm gifted with is my sister's a fighter too. She recently found the love of fighting when I started fighting. She's a she's an amateur fighter too. She's 0-1, but that story's crazy. I'll get on it right now. Um, <laughs> Please uh, do. <laughs> but having her here living with me and watching fights and then and her uh going on the same journey i'm going it's so awesome because she's at a whole different level she's she's not she hasn't been training that long and to see her progress and progress and progress faster than me i i started late she's progressing like crazy she started when she was 23 and she's progressing like crazy and she thinks that she's doing horrible all the time but she doesn't see that I see that she's she's uh, going to be greater than me. She's probably going to be one of the top pros, I believe. When she's 30, 31, 32, you're going to start hearing her name. And so her going back to her amateur debut, yeah. She wasn't supposed to have what it. Happened? So someone called coach and told her that we need a girl. It was a 3-day notice fight. We need a girl to be in San Diego in 3 days. Um, and it's for a title fight and it's in a casino and it's an amateur title fight. And this is Muay Thai. Okay. My sister only was, my sister was training for six months and I get a phone call because I'm the assistant coach. My coach likes to run it by me Mm -hmm. and, and it's my sister. And she tells me, Hey, Hey Jess, uh, they're, they're, they need a, a girl, a one one fifteen girl, uh, in San Diego in three days, for a title fight, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that seems extremely short notice, as yes. well with someone who is only doing it for six months. Like that seems like a lot of pressure. It, 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 and that's the thing. There's no pressure because you've only been training for six months. Yes, it might be scary. You're fighting another girl who's been training a long time, but right. but it's there's no pressure. Right. There's no there's no pressure um, because the other girl has been training for a long time. If you lose to her, you're supposed to lose. Right. Gotcha. Um, OK. So the the true underdog story. Yes. And, <laughs> um, so I say yes. My coach says yes. Now we tell Isabel and she was working at the time and she had to she she works as she my sister's story is incredible. But she she doesn't like telling it because she's very she's a closed book. But so she hasn't been on the hassle of hair yet. She has. There's two, but it, there's two. Okay. But you could tell that like it's hard for her to talk about her story because she was 10 years old when she lost my mom, gotcha. when we lost her mom, and she 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 went to continuation school because she was doing bad in school, I guess, and in high school. She graduated from continuation school as the basic. I, I make fun of her. She was the valedictorian of the dummies, and <laughs> that's, that's and aggressive, she, man. <laughs> and she she got a scholarship for a five thousand dollars scholarship, um, and she went to community college. She lived with me. She turned eighteen, moved in with me, um, went to community college, transferred to Merced University. 
graduated with her bachelor's in in uh, accounting and worked wow. as a yeah so she's her she is so humble she, my sister is so humble and you wouldn't notice you wouldn't know that she's done all this because she doesn't talk about it as much as i do right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh and so she graduated she got an accounting uh base uh, and level uh, basically putting in numbers at a yeah at a, like an analyst I not an analyst. She would put in like she was do the books. She basically did the books for a, a business, gotcha, and gotcha. Okay, and she was working there at the time, and she had to call in. My sister never calls in. My sister's a way harder worker than me. She never calls in, and she she I goes like you have to call in if you want to fight. And she's and so she had a she couldn't even lie. I it was the most cringiest thing watching her call uh, hearing her. About, <laughs> Hearing about how she called in. And um, so she calls in. We, I end up teaching the rest of the classes, I think, Friday. They took off Friday to go to San Diego. I taught, uh, stayed back and taught because I'm the only uh, other coach there. So this is, I assume this is Amber going with your sister. Yes, Coach Amber. Okay. And her gotcha. story is an incredible story. Check it on the podcast on For the sure. Half of Hair. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, so I stay back, they go, they weigh in and my sister, there's a picture I'm going to post today actually, or, uh, yeah, it's, it's hilarious and I'll send you it. It's, but, um, she's just this dweeb girl at the weigh-ins. She's a nerdy girl. She loves anime. She wears glasses. She just, she's just awkward woman. Right. And, okay. <laughs> and the other girl's jacked. The other girl is jacked, Jack City, and they're weighing in, and you could just tell they're just they're different, and you wouldn't think my sister would be able to fight. And so I ended up taking off the next day. We get there in San Diego, the big casino, and it's for versus uh, Muay Thai, I guess, or kickboxing. I'm not really sure what it's called. Um, okay. And Liz come. I start seeing fighters there. Liz Carmuch. Um, and just other Muay Thai fighters that, that are, that were there, that are professional fighters. I'm like, holy crap. My sister's about to fight in this, this pretty big venue in front of other professional fighters for a title. That's insane. Like I can't, like I can't imagine that she was just doing an accounting job and just graduated her from her bachelor's. Like she never thought she would be fighting. And so she gets in there and for three rounds, my sister just came forward non-stop just put it like just the, put it to her huh yeah she well didn't she my sister ended up losing the fight she she didn't uh she was coming forward the whole entire time but mm. she was getting hit more does that make sense like it's exactly what you don't want to do but the heart that my sister showed that fight for only training six months against a girl that's been training for years well-known amateur fighter it, it's insane it, I'm proud of her. It, it, it literally brings me to tears. It, it, it's insane. It, it's that's really cool, you know, yeah. especially uh, for somebody who, like you said, right, was crunching numbers the day before, to all of a sudden be, you know, amongst people who are experienced. Um, you know, obviously amateur, but st- just because you're amateur doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. I mean, that sounds like some serious, you know. Uh, company she was in for that fight in particular yeah it's 
it was it was one of the best moments of of 2019 well that's that's super cool yeah um again i know you're kind of probably short on time but the last thing i kind of want to get into and i and i really thought was really cool is when you were talking on your podcast with i believe it was nativo gonzalez yeah he you guys were talking about like the experience of podcasting and what it's done for you and you said that it was like almost like university for you um which i thought was a really cool kind of insight into you know what it is to podcast and be able to talk to so many different people for you if you could pick like a couple of things that you really took home from your podcast that you've been doing what are what are the highlight what are the highlights of that like where where are those really cool moments that you felt like man this is why i did this this is why i'm putting in all this work Actually, it was recently. Um, I I haven't aired the the episode. It's coming out next Thursday, or I don't know when you're gonna uh, upload this. Sorry. Um, no, but, it's okay. Yeah, next Thursday. Uh, yeah. Hassle of hair. Check out yeah. the next episode. <laughs> but the it, it's gonna be the last episode of the year, and I recorded with him, I believe, last week. And his name is Daniel Barbarasi. He's uh he wrote a book called Dueling with Kings. And I, I listened to this book in 2018, 2009. Yeah, no, yeah, 2018. Right, it was right before I, I quit, quit to, to help out my daughter and to, and to uh, pursue my dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's about this guy who was a Wall Street Journal uh, journalist. He would, he covered the Yankees, and he started getting into uh, daily fantasy uh, sports. So you basically, it's it's almost like gambling, right? Have you ever played uh, fantasy sports? I I had a long time ago. I could never invest the amount of time yeah. <laughs> that is required to do that. But I think you had talked about a little bit about this on um, the episode you did recently with your wife. This is this is a uh, fantasy, like like DraftKings, like things like that, right? Yes, and it, it, it you basically he was doing hockey, and you make a lineup every day, and you entering in for uh, the day for hockey, all the games, and you try to get the best score out of everybody that signed up, and you win money. And he he entered this world and found out that it wasn't people that were very athletic and into sports. It was a bunch of uh, uh, geeks, a bunch of bros that were just, uh, they had like, uh, I don't want to get into, but it, they, they, they had a thing called sc- uh, scripting, uh, bots that would just make a bunch of lineups for for the day like 30 40 lineups and the more lineups you have the better odds you have of winning so a regular guy like me and you wouldn't be able to to win because they have 30 40 50 lineups and we're going off of just the top of our head and making one lineup so they're gonna win every time because we only have because of just quantity right because they have more quantity well yeah quantity and he and answered guys that are probably also like going deep into the analytics. I'm yes, guessing. Exactly. Right? Yes. And, and most of the analytics were just make as many lineups as you can and see what, which one wins, you know? Jeez. And he went into this world and he said, I have a story here. He wanted to do it. And his dream was to always become a reporter and a, and a, and an author. And he ended up, Going to Wall Street Journal says, I'm going to write a book. They told him, no, you can't do this because you're basically a you're basically gambling. We can't have you work for Wall Street Journal and gamble at the same time. A professional gambler. 
And he's all, well, he talked to his wife and he quit his job. And so he enters this world of, of daily fantasy and it just, he goes through this journey of him learning how to do it. And uh, like you go into the book and you see if he succeeds or not, but also talks about how daily fantasy came to be where, because at that time they were fighting in the courts, if it was illegal or if it was legal because of gambling. So it was an awesome book. And what was the name of the book again? Dueling with Kings. Dueling with Kings. And this yes. this is your podcast. You're coming out with this on Thursday, right? So anybody listening to this, check out Hassle of Hair for that one because I know I'm going to check it out. <laughs> that sounds really fascinating, yeah. especially knowing that like it sounds like if you play fantasy sports, at least at, at that time, maybe it's different now, but it sounds like at least then it's kind of like pissing money into the wind. Yeah, it, it kind of still is too if you don't know about it, right? It, right, the sure. regular jock or, or armchair quarterback is not going to win. And so he, it's not only just a story about that. It's a story about going after it. Right. And I loved that. And he inspired me. He was one of the people that inspired me to, to just go, go after it. And I, I had emailed him because I was stuck in a situation because I ended up getting COVID. I ended up getting uh, COVID about a month ago and I, I couldn't, I couldn't interview anybody, right? Because I was having my friends come over and and I couldn't interview anybody, right? Right. And so I had to figure things out. I had to to figure out Zoom. I had to figure out how to reach out to people. I didn't. If I was gonna do Zoom, I didn't want to do my friends. I, I didn't do my friends. I didn't want to rec- uh, uh, record with my friends because it just it didn't make any sense. We live like right down the street from each other. So yeah, I it probably feels very inauthentic to you, right? Since yes. they're your friends, you see them all the time. Exactly. And so I was, I, for about a week, I took time off and I just said, you know what, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to figure out how to do zoom and I'm going to find people around the world. And sure enough, I I remembered this book. I was like, what if I just email the author? So I emailed Daniel Barbarisi and two weeks later or two, two days later, he messaged me back and I was like, holy crap. I, I told my wife and my wife was laughing and she thinks I'm crazy. And he ended, up, <laughs> he, he ended up saying that he'll do it. And I was like, yes. And, and you got to understand, I come from Eastside San Jose. I didn't go to college. I, I'm barely graduated high school with like a 2.0. And I always feel like I'm dumb. So interviewing somebody that was a Wall Street journalist for the Yankees is has he's an author and works as an editor for for um for the athletic.com. Okay, yeah. yeah. And 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 he's has two books coming out. He has another book coming out. I was so intimidated, right? Because I'm like, I'm going to interview this guy that interviews people. You know how hard that is? (laughs) So I ended up getting on Zoom with him. And that was just a learning experience in its own from the interviewing standpoint. And just knowing that I'm able to do this. When you asked me before, like, what's Mm -hmm. the most thing that you learned or the highlight of doing all this? That at the end of the year, working so hard to get here to do what I'm doing with the podcast and having that interview. I don't care if two, three people listen, but just the fact that I made that happen from when I started, from when I started going after my dreams because of that book 
to now going after my dreams all these years later and I'm interviewing one of the guys that inspired me. That right there is the highlight. It's crazy. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Coming full circle, <laughs> being able to right grind away, get to the point you're at. Um, I appreciate all the time that you've given me, Jesse. Uh, if you guys are still listening, uh, obviously I'll have this in the intro, but if you want to check out Jesse, Jesse is at uh, on Instagram at Jesse the Hassel Diaz. He's got the Hassle of Hair is his podcast. Yes. And the Hassle of Hair on YouTube if you want to check out any of his work, I, especially it sounds like next Thursday is going to be the one that blows up, in my opinion, because that sounds really fascinating, and it yeah. sounds like you were really into it as well. It's it's on. Uh, we have an Instagram too, the Hassle of Hair also. Okay, perfect as well. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate all the time. Uh, thank you. Hopefully, thank for you, those of you guys listening, uh, you'll check us out next time. Thanks again, man. Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate it. <laughs>